Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 10, Episode 5, The Arc of Imprisonment. The book, Han Solo, It Stars In, by Brian Daly. The year, 1979. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Why not? Let's go. We're back. It's Expounded Universe. I'm Jeff, joined as always by my co-host, John. John, confirm that you are my co-host. Yes, indeed. Co-host mm. is me. Okay, just making sure. I don't want people to think I'm lying to them. Oh, you are. Just not about that. You've it's got true. dark, <laughs> terrible secrets. <laughs> I've been living a double life in front of all of you this entire time, and none of you have suspected. <laughs> now it is time for me to reveal my true secrets. I shall pull off my giant rubber mask and reveal that it is I, the owner of the old mill. I shall pull off my giant rubber mask and reveal a smaller rubber mask. Yes, I had a custom mask made of the owner of the old mill. <laughs> Man, how good Underneath- would that be if a Scooby-Doo villain, like, had one of those Mission Impossible masks of a different character that was under suspicion, just so they could be like, oh no, you got me! <laughs> That could really throw some intrigue into the works. I mean, I know there are episodes where they pull off the mask and then have to pull off the sub-mask. Yeah, man, that's just great. But uh, but yeah, it would be pretty great if it was like, Old Man Withers, just like we suspected. And they're all like, yeah, sure was me. Hey, you know, uh, why don't you go arrest me? I'm in my house right now. <laughs> this... <laughs> this is an elaborate projection. It's all smoke and mirrors here. Yeah. You caught me. It's a projector pointing at some flower in the air. (laughs) Um, Uh, So anyway, chapters read. We're going to go ahead and forge from the beginning of the or the beginning of the end to the end today. We're covering three chapters of Han Solo at Star's End here. So if you're reading along, you've got one extra chapter to read today. Yeah, that's your assignment. You got some summer Mm -hmm. reading ahead of you. Yeah, so uh, so get on it. Read that last chapter, because honestly, it's a good one. This is a nice, exciting conclusion to a fun story. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we last left our heroes, Han had been uh, dispatched back to the Falcon to retrieve a part for uh, Bollocks, because Bollocks had been assigned to become a gladiatorial droid, uh, to everyone's surprise. Hmm. So Han was wandering around, just looking for a spot where he could plug Blue Max in, but he was under heavy guard as well, and his gun had been stripped from him, and he was dressed as a circus sharpshooter. Yeah, he is headed to a, basically, whatever tech station they have. Cause yeah, he's like just, some repair bay. Yeah, he is, he is pretending that Blue Max is part of Bollocks' system, that he's like, oh, I need to repair this from the last fight. Exactly. And then he's been assigned a, a, a suspicious guard who's going with him. Uh, he settles in at a repair bay and starts poking around at Blue Max, but the guard, unfortunately, is just so suspicious. He's just like, hey, man, that doesn't look like a part. That looks like you're holding a whole ass computer. And he's like, nah, dude, it's a, it's a custom job. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's a very fancy part. Look, I put in a bunch of glowy bits and it's water-cooled. <laughs> look, the keyboard is rainbow-colored. You can make it change. And it's mechanical, so it sounds like the devil tap dancing. 
<laughs> it will be the worst thing imaginable if you try to type while people are listening to you. Yeah, they're going to hate you immediately. It sounds like it's 4 a.m. and your horn-footed dachshund is outside your door trying to get you to feed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Vivid the... Vivid for dog owners. The tech is just sort of nosing around and isn't quite believing Hans. Hans like, oh yeah, no, it's it's super legit. In fact, why don't you take a look at the readout I've got here? And the guard, who presumably failed his sense motive check, leans over to inspect this so-called regular old part. And gets and whacked on the dome for his trouble. Yep, Han knocks him unconscious and is like, uh, boring conversation anyway. God, I'm so oh. glad that this book doesn't do that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, honestly, this book makes very few references to anything that would connect Han to the movies beyond just his general attitude, and it's nice. Yeah, there's no point where, like, I don't think anyone says I've got a bad feeling about this anywhere. Well, keep that under your hat, because keep in mind this is the beginning of a series of short stories. There's still time left for someone to say they have a bad feeling about this, and for someone to say, may the force be with you, and all of those good-timey fun events. Yeah, but, you know, for this story, I'm saying right now oh, yeah. at Star's End, a plus. good job on not doing any dumb bullshit. I, I can't get over how much I prefer this book where they didn't know anything about Star Wars yet, so all the alien races are just described as, like, a weird-looking dude. Yeah, it's like, what's this? Uh, there's someone with tentacles and hooves. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's definitely not something that there is a four-page article about. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, we saw this once, and it was a fry cook, and now that entire species is known as their dedication to fry cooking. And you don't have to buy the Hasbro Black Series 12-inch version of him or anything like that. He's just a cool demon-looking alien, and he dies. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. We're all yeah. good. How are you? <laughs> it was a boring conversation anyway. See, while the book is willing to rise above... <laughs> we, however, are not. We are, we are charlatans. Here to, we're here to wallow in it. <laughs> Uh, so boring conversation anyway, but he knocks this dude unconscious and he's like, hey, Blue Max, let me plug you into the overall computer array, blah, blah, blah. But he can't because this tech station doesn't have that shit. Good thing he already swiped that information about where the computer is located from this now unconscious guard. Yeah, he did one of those like, hey, uh, Vice Prex Herkin said I should go to the computer lab. That's still one floor down, right? He's like, no, that's two floors up. You're so dumb. <laughs> stupid how come you don't know what floor it's on <laughs> and uh so han takes off all of the crap that makes him look like the master gunner so he's just wearing a black bodysuit which is perfect for when he pins this knocked down espo's id tag on yeah now apparently the security around star's end is just so goddamn lax because no one gives a shit everyone's kind of like yeah Go on through. You have a badge. I'm not even going to look up from the book I'm reading. Like, I don't care. You got to hope that's the case, because I think I felt like this part was lacking a little bit in that Star's End is like this ultra secret. No one knows it's here. Mega private location at the ass end of nowhere, which means that the guards aren't on regular rotation. No. So you think they'd be like a new guy. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying like, oh, they probably just didn't even look up. They're just like, oh, there's a badge, whatever. Yeah, good enough. So they wave Han in, and he plugs Blue Max into a computer. And Blue Max is like, sweet, dude. 
This works exactly the same as the one back on the uh, the, the grain planet we went to. No need for a new whole story about me trying to get in here. It's fine. Everything works perfectly. Amen to that. He's just like, yeah, no, I totally can do this. Here we go. Wee, I'm in the thing. What do you need to know? I'm up to speed, and here's all the information you need. Uh, the information is that this place really does have very weird power arrays and does not appear to be a prison. There's no prison in in this building. The only living quarters are the ones for the guards. Yeah, and, you know, he's looking around his Han trying to find something in the schematics that's like, all right, so what are they doing here? And eventually he finds a few places where there are irregularities in terms of power usage and, like, entries and things like that. And, and notably, he he finds the interrogation chambers as well. Yeah. Located right above this kind of zone where Blue Max is just like, oh, yeah, there's nothing in there but heavy machinery, boss. Just storage. <laughs> Why are you turning uh, Blue Max slowly but surely into Mickey Mouse? <laughs> oh, boy, there's nothing delivered. here but storage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so Blue Max is like, yeah, it's just a storage room. It, 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 there's nothing there. And Han's like, that can't be right because it's right below Herkin's interrogation playroom. So and also a camera it is getting there? a shit ton of power draw. Yeah, an absolutely insane amount of power. One of the things Han notices while digging around in the computer, for example, is that this place has the same power station underneath it as like a Star Destroyer. There is an incredible amount of power here. Yeah. He's like, that's way more than you would need just for the area that we have right now yeah so he tasks blue max with coming up with a camera feed to that floor and he does easily and lo and behold that is indeed the prison because they're just using stasis chambers to just sort of freeze all the star wars guys in place until they need them to be prison or to be uh, interrogated at which point they unfreeze them in the interrogation room and then just freeze them off again yeah so it's just like stacked up like crates in there so you've mm-hmm. just got rows and rows of various prisoners in these stasis fields. Yeah, kind of cool to see stasis fields. I mean, this is before Carbonite, so he didn't know that eventually there was going to be one universal standard for how you store prisoners in suspended animation. Yeah, I again, it's nice that <laughs> nothing else is being used here. It's especially nice because that carbonite thing where like, oh yeah, everyone freezes people in carbonite all the time. Hell, in the Mandalorian, the guy has like a dryer rack full of carbonite freezy doodles just all over his his, uh, ship. And in the movie, it was an untested procedure that had like a 50-50 chance of just killing Han outright. Yeah, it's... uh... But you know, it happened in a movie, so it's the default. Yep, someone saw it on screen, so that's the way things are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I guess maybe the Mandalorian is set, you know, like 10 years later or so. And so it's become universally acknowledged technology that if you have a uh, a Mando helmet, that you also have a carbon freezing chamber. I guess, because, I mean, it went from, oh, we need a giant, like, big pit and a machine room and all of this stuff. And it's very untested to, like, I'm going to shove you in the carbonite closet for two seconds. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Now I'm going to hang you on a rack like this is a dry cleaners. <laughs> I'm going to start and flipping you- through you like posters at a Spencer's. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, interesting to track the arc of carbonite phrasing as a concept. Uh, honestly, when I saw that, I was like, I sure hope that Mandos greet each other with like 
old Boba Fett lines. <laughs> you know, all three of them. Yeah. He comes up to that lady who's going to make his armor and he's like, hmm, hello. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me, let me do this right. Uh, what if this doesn't work? He's worth nothing to me dead. And she's like, yeah, what if this doesn't work? He's worth nothing to me dead to you too. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold and also with you. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> this is the way we go to school. Uh, okay, so the stasis prison is full of all the prisoners that they've been looking for all this time. They quickly locate Atuare's mate, who is a red Triani cat, uh, as well as Doc, who, if you had forgotten about that, Doc was the whole point of all this operation in the very first place. Uh, he's, the, he's the old engineer that runs Jessa's facility and is Jessa's father. Mm-hmm. They also find Reckon's uh, nephew. Who looks like he's going to grow up to look like Reckon someday and looks like a cool dude. Although... This guy never gets a line. Not even one. No. Uh, at least Atuare's husband gets a line. Heck yeah. Uh, He's a sweet they cat dude. Yeah, he sounds rad as hell. Uh, <laughs> and they don't find Chewbacca at first, but it turns out that's just because Chewbacca didn't give a name. Yeah, they were just looking through the name files instead of looking for how many Wookiees you got in here. Sir, there are 4,000 Wookiees here. Like, Seriously? All right, we'll just unfreeze one of them. I'll name him Chewbacca. It'll be fine. <laughs> Just find one that looks close. The kids won't notice. <laughs> what kids? All we're learning here is that Chewbacca looked different before the movies. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, they find they do manage to find him. It, the uh, records show that he killed three more guards before they finally managed to sedate him. And he uh, is scheduled for torture. In only three hours, which I found it unusual that they'd bother introducing an additional clock at this point, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it matters for anything. I think it was just there to be like, oh, wow, yeah, no, they're about to start the torturings. I, I figure, like, the only reason that they introduced that particular Chewbacca is getting tortured at four kind of clock is just to piss Han off a little bit extra. Yeah, it's just a little more incentive like to get him running. Like, he was like, you know, my plan for escaping from here pretty much took 20 minutes. Uh, but I am pissed off that they were planning to torture him in three hours. <laughs> uh, then, Blue Max makes an unsettling discovery. It turns out that Vice Prex Herkin has gotten tired of watching Paka and Artuare stall with their tribal dances. Yeah, doesn't care much for Paka's agilities. And is like, eh, get out of here. I'll watch your sexy dance, but you're on thin ice. Apparently, everybody in Star Wars is way into cat ladies because they, they say that all of the guards and Herkin and everybody just stands at attention when she gets up there and starts doing her sexy, sexy dance. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you know, even Herkin, who was just bonerized for watching a droid kill another droid, was like, ooh, hey, you got some moves on you. That cat mm. got a dump truck for a butt. <laughs> Looks like this cat was made to be a mom in a Pixar movie. And indeed she was. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> <sighs> She'll come out in uh, 2023. They'll make, they're making an Atuari and Paka movie. Mm -hmm. So Han is like, well, I guess Herkin's going to kill Bollocks then. That's too bad. I really like that guy. But Blue Max is like, nah, dude. If you don't help me go help Bollocks right now, I won't help you do anything. Yeah. You son of a bitch. You gotta you gotta <laughs> do this thing for me, or go fuck yourself. 
And Han's like, nah, man, come on, let's get this going. Start the thing. And Blue Max is really holding his ground here for a little computer box to the point where Han threatens to break him. And Blue Max is like, first of all, you won't. And second of all, if you do, it's the same as me not helping you anyway. Yeah. And I mean, it basically before this turned out that he was like, oh, by the way, uh, I can't really shut off the fields for these uh, like stasis chambers. Because mm-hmm. all that's controlled by Herkin's belt. He's got, you know, <laughs> a giant Texas belt buckle with a big button that says release the prisoners on it, apparently. I like the book being written in 1979, meaning that uh, Han has to be like, there's no way he has a whole ass computer in his belt. There's no, there's nowhere to put all the stuff that a belt w- or a whole computer would need in a belt. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, uh, so... But it does mean that Han will eventually need to get at Herkin's belt in some way, uh, he learns. Because, yeah, there's a lot of the important prison shit is entirely localized on Herkin's dick for some reason. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, he's like, okay, uh, looking at the power layout for this place, not only is the stasis chamber area taking up a whole bunch, but it is using this power plant that is ridiculously huge in order to power a ton of deflection shields and also just the most powerful uh, anti-explosive stuff so that even if, like, the actual physical shockwaves of explosions happen, it won't damage anyone inside. Yeah, the place is extremely shock-resistant and very, very well-shielded, like, too well-shielded. Uh, it turns out, basically, that Herkin is incredibly paranoid like like uh insanely paranoid yeah so this place if you tried to laser it down the deflector shields are amazing if you tried to bomb it all of its uh shock resistance is amazing and han's like all right i got an idea we're gonna take all the energy that's going to the uh the fields and we're gonna send it right on back to the power plant yeah, so he has Blue Max reroute all the power back into the power plant to cause a feedback overload, but in such a way that it won't be noticed for a little while. Uh, his plan is to pull off a daring escape and then leave, and then the tower blows up from the inside. That's his That's his idea. Yeah, because he's like, there's Catch no way we can this... do anything from the outside, so we'll just try and fuck everything up from the inside. Yeah, we're just going to liquefy the contents of this indestructible space phallus. That's our plan. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so... They set all that stuff up, and then Han goes dashing for the arena where Herkin has gone on his first paranoid rampage. Uh, He starts yelling at at Atuari. He's like, you are stalling me, madam. You had no intention of bringing me a fighting droid. You were hoping that you could just say he's broken and that I'd probably still pay you or even give you an extra reward. Well, no dice. Yeah, you may have thought that I would compensate you even without a fight with my ridiculous murder droid, but I'm just going to blow up your droid for my amusement, and I'll have you dismembered. And by that I mean you'll no longer be a member of the Entertainment Guild. I'm not going to dismember you. I mean, I just, eh, you know, I get excited I like sometimes. <laughs> I, I probably should have said disbarred, but is that is that just for lawyers? Can, can, can you be disbarred? And it, Major, Major, can you be disbarred from an entertainment guild? I'm not even sure anymore. What am I doing? I do believe you can, my sweetums. Oh, God, shut up. (laughs) My horrible, shrewdful wife. (laughs) I like to watch the cats dance. Yes, we all know you like cats. (laughs) 
My favorite is Rum Tum Tugga. Oh, I bet he is. <laughs> so, uh, so Han dashes up there. Uh, Atuari and Paka have already been kicked out. They basically, Atuari was like, well, the most useful thing I can do if, if Herkin's not going to talk to him anymore is to at least be on the Falcon. Cause then I have some options. So I'm going to get myself kicked out of here by being like unnecessarily fawning to Herkin until he gets sick of me. And then I'll go back to the Falcon and try to help. And this works. Herkin just sort of waves her off and prepares for his droid to eat the other droid. Uh, and as she's running through the hallway, she runs into Han and Blue Max. Yeah. And she's got a security detail, but he kind of like takes her aside and lets her know he's got a plan and she needs to go to the Falcon. And this is what my plan is. Although he doesn't say it, you know, to us, the reader. Yeah. Notably Blue Max at this point tries to pipe up with some new calculations. He's been running. He's like, Hey Han, here's something you should know. And Han's like, shut up, you. You know, if we actually keep going through with all this stuff, there's a good chance that we'll... No. No, don't say it. It's important you don't say it. I know it'll only take you two more seconds to tell me what dumb nonsense we're about to do, but I'd rather not. I'm going to spend more time telling you to be quiet than it would take for you to tell me not what you want to tell me. Uh, classic. Mm-hmm. Classic Han. It's classic Han good times. Uh, so... Things pretty much go as planned. Paka and Atuari are going to head back to the ship. Han is going to run off to intercept Herkin uh, before he can unleash his giant murder droid on our lovable bollocks, which <sighs> giant murder droids being unleashed on my lovable bollocks is definitely a thing that's on clips for sale. Oh, for sure. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, lot of lot of high-heeled murder droid in that. I'm pretty sure that was in a Nine Inch Nails video. <laughs> uh, so... Han goes dashing up to the floor of the like the entertainment room, and Hirkin, who has come completely unhinged, he's got like you know hair in his eyes and he's sweaty and crazy, and he's like, "Ah, Master Gunman, fraud! Uh, watch as I have your pointless droid dismembered by my cool droid." And by that and I mean like, he'll he'll his members his, his parts will be ripped off. Not that he's going to be taken out of the entertainment guild. Just I mean I'm also <laughs> I'm going to disbar him. Wait, hold on. Well, droids do contain bars, you see. Yeah. There's there's metal bars in them. So, uh, g- God damn it. I'm going to have him killed. Uh, Han's like, hey, man, don't, like, because, you know, that that, that, that wouldn't be, not, I mean, why are you even bothering? And he's like, he's like, well, you've brought me a fraudulent droid, but I shall have my satisfaction. I'm going to send my actual murder robot in to basically do the equivalent of beating up a broken old washing machine. And mostly it's just, I want to see all of the million different ways this robot can kill a robot without really destroying him yet. Because at first, the exterminator comes out and it's just like a tank on the lower half and the top half is just 27 different weapon arms. And he's like, all Mm -hmm. right, charge it. And then the uh, robot goes charging at him and then he tells it to stop. And he's like, all right, use a flamethrower. Now use rockets. Now, they've given Bollocks a shield. They give Bollocks, like, this old duranium blast shield that he can hold on to. So, at first, the the uh, robot just, the, what's it called, the, the big robot? Exterminator. The Eliminator. The Exterminator just tries to roll him over. It's just like, I'm just going to crunch you under these treads, because, let's be, this is like you're trying to fight a dump truck. Huh? Uh, but right before he gets rolled over by the treads, Hurkin's like, hey, stop. So he gets the flamethrower, like John said. He manages to block the flamethrower with the blast shield. Yeah, and when it goes to missiles, he uses his ridiculous uh, suspension system 
to leap out of the way. <laughs> ha ha, droid go boing. It's very interesting to me that instead of Herkin being like, yes, now I'll be able to see some interesting things, he's mad that the fight would be not over very quickly. Yeah, they, it notes that in the in the uh, description here, it's like all of a sudden Bollocks releases his massive suspension rig and he goes boinging out of the way like a giant red metal frog. And the audience is like, boo, boo, robot that survived. Boo, I wanted this to be a five second match where I saw a robot get hit by a missile. Oh, it's always over in five seconds with you, isn't it, God Vice Prince? damn it. Honey, I swear you're not allowed to watch my robot murders. <laughs> oh, I don't seem to be allowed to do much of anything. Good. Certainly never enjoy, <laughs> enjoy myself. And I have to call you Viceprex because no one knows your first name. <laughs> uh, uh, good good news, John. It's Merkavag. Great. If anyone wants to know why I know that, stick around for our Patreon. <laughs> Uh, patreon.com slash system mastery. He survives by jumping out of the way of the flamethrower uh, or the missiles. It's the missiles he survives at this point. And at this point, Hirkin is cackling and laughing and yelling at Han, who is ignoring him and holding Blue Max up like he's got a stereo over his head with Peter Gabriel on it. Yeah, he has to run to the edge of the arena so that Blue Max can relay some vital information that he got from the computer system to Bollocks over Wi-Fi. It's amusing to me that he has to use, like, droid Wi-Fi for this information, because it feels like even Han could have just said what this is. The trick's not that super secretive. Yeah, but at least this way, they aren't yelling it out loud for Herkin to hear. Or that the other that, droid. Yeah, that That's very true. So, he, he yells a bunch of information to Bollocks. The other droid is bearing down on Bollocks, or I guess we could call him the Annihilator, because that's his fake gladiator name. And then Bollocks does something no one expected. He throws himself on the ground between the treads of this giant droid. Yes. And just starts tearing its stuff under there. So yeah, just ripping around. Basically just does the Incredibles. And at this point, the exterminator droid is just kind of freaking out because not only has a bunch of its control systems and whatnot underneath it been damaged, but it was never programmed to shoot at itself, so it can't shoot at anything below itself because that would mean, like, shooting through its own chassis. Yeah, and Hirkin notices this and immediately is furious. He's like, no! How dare you have a plan? Yeah, and he's like, oh, stop! Listen to me, droid! And, of course, the droid's control system is damaged, so it's just freaking out and driving around in circles and, uh, yeah, it's, it's voice recognition system was described as the first thing to get torn out of there. Yeah, and Bollocks and has made point, it so that the uh, the heat system in the droid is feeding back into itself. So there's, like, smoke and little flames coming out the side of this thing. Yeah, no, apparently it takes an incredible amount of power to run this giant murder droid, so it's rapidly overheating to the point where it's pretty much going to blow up. Yeah, and uh, now, now her <laughs> eventually Bollocks just sort of let's go, because this thing is just f fucked without any more need for him to do anything. Its targeting system comes back online, but it's all broken, so it just starts shooting at a wall, and then it rams into the wall at full speed. And assumes that the wall that it ran into is its enemy, fires all of its guns, and just sort of blows itself up with missiles. 
Yeah, and Herkin, as I'm sure you can imagine, is incredibly irritated about all this. Oh, yes. And, uh... You'd think he'd be like, oh, well, you know, our, your, your droid won. I guess that was always an inevitable outcome with my droid death sport. Yeah, and at that point he'd be like, see, I didn't even bring you a fraudulent droid. This is my attack droid. <laughs> I told you, we call him the Annihilator. <laughs> what the fuck did you expect, my dude? <laughs> I I would be willing to bet I would put real Star Wars credits down that Herkin called the Entertainer's Guild and was like, yeah, and send a gladiator droid. Uh, one that would lose to my droid, please. Yeah, <laughs> send a, like a gladiator droid, one that's kind of shitty. Thanks. <laughs> Probably turned down like 15 good ones. It's like, Ooh, oh, well, we no, have this no. very cool new model that, no. No, I'm, I'm more of a casual. <laughs> if you've got one that's only armed with Let's say a stick. <laughs> ah, I see what you want, sir. Yes, we have the new Drinky Bird model of Gladiator Droid. Mm, yes, perfect. But it is 15 feet tall and has a spike on it, so you're willing to believe it's a real fight droid. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> and uh, will my wife think it's a real fight droid, too? Because I've kind of replaced my dick with this magic belt and also a giant robot. <laughs> Uh, so Herkin is so mad at this that he sends Urashan, the lizard bodyguard that he has, to go just murder Han. Indeed. So Han finds himself dragged into the center of the arena by Urashan, who immediately pounces on him and captures him. Uh, and he throws and him Ulrich his gun. He's like, ah, mm -hmm. we'll make it sporting. Although the gun has been drained of all but just a minuscule amount of power. Yeah, exactly. The gun has, like, nothing left in it, so it's enough for basically a shot. But, importantly, not a high-powered shot, which is what it would take to blow up Herkin's belt. Yeah, so he's like, ah, fudge. I guess I actually have to duel this guy. Ulrichon, of course, is one of those duelists who's proud of his dueling skills, so he's like, you there, Solo, or not Solo, you there, Ulrichon knows the names of those he kills. What's your name? My name's Buck, and I like to fuck. <laughs> uh, my name's Han Solo, and I, I, I like to fuck YOLO. Solo. <laughs> fuck YOLO. <laughs> uh. Uh, well, he actually just goes ahead and gives up his name. He's like, ah, uh, fuck it, I'm Han Solo. And Ulrichon's like, ah, I have heard of you. You are worth the kill. And while all of this is happening, Han's been sort of like, scooching around the edge of the uh, arena area where they're about to fight mm -hmm. so that he is standing directly in front of a like panel for power so that he faints to make it look like he's about to pull his gun and shoot and then just dives so that when yep. Ulrichon fires at him, he instead hits a giant power conduit and gets blasted back by a bunch of energy. And not just that, but it's one of the ancillary power conduits that help control the power station that is Herkin's belt. Uh, because he looked at the schematics earlier while talking to Blue Max. Hooray. So as the, the, the disruptor wave passes over him, it hits this thing, sets off a bunch of fireworks that knock Ulrichon down, and light Herkin's dick on fire. <laughs> and as if that weren't enough, the power plant explodes and sends the entire middle structure of this facility into space. 
Yeah, that's uh, Han's like, what the fuck is going on? And Blue Max is like, oh yeah, remember when you let let me talk earlier? The shielding on this thing is so fucking strong, except for up at the top, which is where you pulled the power to feed it back into the power plant. That when the power plant exploded, uh, the shielding held, and the only place for the tower to go was straight up, and it did. And indeed, it did. He's like, you mean we're blasting into orbit? And he's like, well, not really orbit. Oh, no. We could never blast into orbit. We're just going on a 15-mile ride through space. (laughs) Eventually, we'll all crash and die. Yeah, we're just going to do a little oopsie-daisy real quick. So they're going on a perfect parabolic arc journey that will inevitably result in everyone on board's horrible death. Yeah, and Han's like, um, well, that isn't quite what I wanted, but I guess it'll work. Why didn't you tell me this earlier? Uh, I did. Remember when he told me to shut up? Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, ultimately, as Blue Max points out here, that th- this is still, the fact they didn't get this information isn't all that important, because if this information hadn't existed, he would have just died when the power plant went off. Yeah. He's like, look, <laughs> your plan was stupid as shit, and uh, this was probably the best outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least now we're alive for another 20 minutes or something. So, you know, get your shit together and let's go help Bollocks because he's pretty fucked up. Yeah. So all of the, uh, like, corporate authority guys are all running over to the elevators because they don't know that they've been shot into space. They just know an explosion happened. So they're like, oh, we, we better take these elevators and go see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, because they can't really tell. The, the place has incredible amounts of shock compensators, so the fact that it was blasted skyward didn't really register to the people inside the building. Uh, now, Sean, help me out here. Did we already hit the part where Ulrichon, when he captures Han, it's because he shoots bollocks in the head, right? Or does that happen later? That's later. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, bo- uh, bollocks and Blue Max link up here so that... Blue Max can help Bollocks get his shit back together so they can get moving. Yeah, he's like, look, I'll take some of your operations over myself so I can compensate for things. You do a bunch of other stuff. That way, even though you're damaged, we can still move. And uh, Han's like, we can take the stairs because these idiots haven't just yet realized that elevators don't work when a catastrophic event happens. Yeah, and then one dude spots them as they're about to go down the stairs and Han just shoots him. And it's like, stupid brown dozer. And then they start heading down the stairs. And they keep feeling the gravity feed cut in and out because, well, shit's all screwed up. Yeah. And right now, power is just draining from all the systems because it's all going to life support at this point. They've blasted off again, and Team Rocket needs <laughs> to care for their life support. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they go down a couple flights of stairs past uh, Herkin's secret torture chamber rooms. And then they make it down to the stasis rooms, where sure enough, there's already a couple of Espo guards in here uh, at a standoff with a bunch of unfrozen prisoners. Yeah, you can see that because it's pulling all of the power to do life support, and the stasis chambers require a shitload of power that is currently non-essential, the chambers are just sort of shutting down, the entire, like, first two rows of them are now out and threatening guards, and, uh... <laughs> well, Han, lucky, luckily enough, is behind the guards, so now the guards are trapped in a pincher situation. Yeah, they're trying to, like, not fire on these people just yet, not because they're like, oh, we don't want to kill them, but because there are so many of them that if they start shooting, it'll probably just cause them to overrun them, and... Yeah, it'll riot. Yeah, Han basically forces the issue here, where he's like, oh, I'm just gonna start shooting these assholes in the back. 
So he manages to kill two of them before they even realize what's going on, and then he gets into a protracted firefight with the other two, ending with him pulling off a trick that would be a lot more impressive in an old cop movie, uh, which is where he just puts his gun on the ground because one of the two Espos has laid down. Yeah, he goes prone, so he's not, you know, as big of a target. And then he mm-hmm. just sort of goes, all right, fine. I will shoot it along the plane of the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and murders them. And at this point, he gets up and tries to go into the mass of prisoners. This is this seems like it's going to be a risky maneuver because these prisoners don't know who he is either. But luckily, he very quickly spots allies he knows. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, believe, I believe he meets up with Doc first. Yeah, we get uh, Doc here. And the actually, wait, I don't know that we do. Doc's on the second floor, we... whatever. Oh, it... oh, it doesn't matter. He meets up with the prisoners and Doc uh, has amazingly already started taking command of the situation. Yeah. And at this point, they're just like, all right, anybody who's got weapons that you've taken off of guards or whatever, uh, take up positions at the stairwells because we got to hold off any espos that are trying to get down here. Uh, they will be coming our way. Yeah, and then he goes, you know, to the next floor and does the same thing. There's, like, multiple floors of these uh, stasis units and guards. Yeah. And and then he hears a roar coming from a floor directly above him, and he sees a couple of gar- dead guards just being draped over a railing to store them. Yeah, and oh boy, it's a Chewbacca. It's his Chewbacca. So he's like, he's like, hey, that's Chewie up there. Hi, Chewie. Wrong. <laughs> Yeah, and and they're together again. Chewbacca comes running down the stairs and gives Han a big ol' hug. Yay! And Han's like, hey, buddy, when we get out of this, remind me to just be a normal old bus driver, okay? Yeah. But (laughs) then we start the embarrassing process of Han having to explain to people what it is he's done exactly. (laughs) He's like, hey, Doc, so I got... I got a problem I'm hoping you can fix. Is there any way you could turn the shock absorption shields both back on and have them be supercharged so that we don't die when we crash into the planet because I shot us into space? Wait, you what now? (laughs) Well, (laughs) everyone is very mad at Han for shooting all of them into space. But Han's like, hey, it was either that or blow all of you up. So (laughs) my plan was you stay here and get tortured forever kill everyone, or shoot us into space and maybe kill everyone. So, you know. (laughs) Work with me. Well, they do. They start making their way towards the uh, bottom of the building, because there are docking rings down there, hoping they can at least steal a ship or maybe try to fix the the, the shock absorbers so I I guess they could bounce on impact instead of just dying. Yeah. Like, Uh, the the engineering area is below them and... He's like, all right, I'm going to take a contingent of people with guns. We're going to try and get down to engineering. I guess if this is the only way that we have to survive, I'll do it. Yeah. And Han somehow offhandedly mentions that uh, that Atuare's out there somewhere in the Falcon. And and uh, this lights up Doc's eyes because he's like, oh, shit, we could just escape in the Falcon. He's like, dude, there is so many fucking people here. We cannot fit everyone on the Falcon. Right. Well, they get started heading down to engineering. And that's when, while they're fighting off more Espo guards and dealing with crazy bullshit, uh, Han gets jumped from behind by Paka. Hey, he's like, hey, wait a minute. I thought you were, wait, what the fuck? Why are you here? Now, Paka has been part of a daring escape that Atuari has been doing in the background of all this that we kind of skipped over. She actually, while she's getting ready to steal the Falcon back, throws Paka at some guards. Yeah, just fastball specials Paka at a guy and then... 
<laughs> they take him down and then use his blaster to kill a different guy who they go all cool cat murder ninjas yeah and it's great because as soon as they take out the guard like he hits an alarm and the alarm goes off like 10 seconds before everything blows up so it doesn't matter anyway yeah but she takes off in the falcon blows up all of their ground ships so they can't follow her and then she flies along now at this point pak has managed to intercept han uh han looks around finds atuare and and she's like hey look here's what's going on and he's like no hold on we gotta do this we gotta do this and she's like dude shut up you shut your mouth i'm gonna tell you what's actually happening a, so she shuts him up. There is a corporate authority ship that managed to get off planet before everything blew up and we got to shoot at stuff. And they have attached themselves to the lower dock and are sending in a shitload of Espos to save their vice prex. Yeah, and Han's like, oh, God damn it. Well, we have to go steal their ship, obviously, because we don't have enough room in the Falcon for all these people. And she's like, seriously, shut up. Because <laughs> it turns out that during the flight, she realized that and grabbed a bunch of handy space tubes from somewhere and attached them to the Falcon using tractor beams. Yeah, the tubes that were going between the middle tower and the outer rings, she was like, oh yeah, I just grabbed one of them to use as like mm-hmm. a go-between. And that thing is expandable and also is pressurized and space-ready. Hell yeah. So if we can't fit people in the Falcon and... Whatever other ship we can get, we can also just have people floating in a tube, I guess. Yeah, we'll just use one of our high-tech, ultra-advanced space-age, you know, tubes. You know, tubes. Unfortunately, there's a small problem with this, which is that getting to the docking ring where Atuare is parked will lead them across the uh, the Espos who are trying to get down to the lower floor where the Espo ship is. Well, yeah, there's the Espos coming up who have a, like, big mounted laser cannon mm-hmm. uh, and you know they know this because coming up from below is doc and the rest of the people he sent down there going like ha can't go down there yeah there's espos coming up and they've got crazy shit and they can't keep going directly forward because that's where hirkin and ulrashan are along with their own guards well i mean they can go forward it's just if they leave their post because hirkin is above them the other espos are below them but if they all go to the uh, the dock that is on the level where the prisoners are, no one will be able to just stop them from coming down and shooting at them. Yeah, they have to have a rear guard, effectively. Uh, and so that's pretty much what they do. Han starts putting people into gun emplacement positions and herding people backwards to try and get them into the tubes underneath the Falcon as fast as possible. That's when he hears Ulrashan yelling at him. He's like, like a Han, uh, Vice Prex Herkin would like an audience. Yeah. And, you know, Han goes there, and he's running out of breath just because oxygen is getting fucked up. They've been in space, and the uh, life support system has been on dregs for a while, so everything's kind of fucked at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, Herkin basically calls down. He's like, look, I know what's going on because we went to the top of the building, and we saw, what, we saw this shit from the dome. Uh, this is fucked. So uh, how about you save us? Because I'm sure you wouldn't have done this if you didn't have a plan to get out of here. (laughs) Uh, And Han's like, sure, you can come with us. Just throw us all your guns and come out unarmed with your hands up. Yeah, just just come on down with no weapons and we'll be sure to treat you well. He's like, God damn it, Han. (laughs) So Hurkin is like, 
yeah, that's stupid. You know we're not doing that. And ultimately, this was just a friendly offer we were making anyway, because there's Espos coming up, and we'll have you pinched. We'll pinch you so hard. <laughs> we'll pinch you so hard, you'll be dismembered. Uh, <laughs> so... Han- or we will, because we'll pinch enough for our fingers to come off. <laughs> Ow. Well, that sucks. Oh, it's cool for Urbashad. He grows them back. Uh, what? No, I don't. So, yes, uh... While they are doing sort of a stalling action, holding the stairs as well as they can, uh, Chewbacca and a group of other prisoners who have some weapons have all gotten into a tube that they have connected to the Falcon and then also to the uh, the Espo ship. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone on the ship has basically come into the hurtling tower in space because they're trying to save the vice prex so there is a skeleton crew on board so that chewbacca and the rest of these prisoners can just go on and be like yo this is ours now Mm-hmm. so they take that ship and now they have the falcon and some tubes and a spare ship and now i have a machine gun ho 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 ho, ho, ho. uh so <laughs> basically herkin is fucked and and Han more or less confirms it by using a couple of tricky guerrilla maneuvers to shoot a bunch of soldiers that are trying to uh, defend Herkin in the stairwell he's in, including the major of the uh, of, of the prison facility who was like the next higher up after Herkin. So at this point, once the other ship has been taken over, they're like, "All right, well now it's time to actually get the fuck out of here and get everybody into one of these two ships," and they kind of have to do a falling retreat where they're like well we can't just hold at the stairs forever but we've got to get back to the airlock so they're in sort of a running firefight as soon as the uh like espos break through the door that they lock because you know they've got a giant laser cannon they can just sort of blast through that exactly so they're fighting as they go they're basically setting up a rear guard over and over again and kind of retreating backwards uh, and this works for quite a while. They pretty much get everybody but a, but a few dozen people onto the ship. And as the last few people are being loaded, uh, Han is, I believe, talking to... He gets sent out again alongside uh, Atuare's mate, Kihin. Yeah. Han ends up, at one point, coming back to the... Uh, trying to get to the uh, airlock. He stumbles over Bollocks, who is just sort of slumped because... Yeah, that's right. He's like, oh, yeah, no prisoner would actually help some random labor droid while they are trying to escape so he helps bollocks up and uh that is when ulrishan manages to get half his face exploded off yeah he more or less blows a huge chunk of bollocks brains out and all bollocks goes sli- uh, sliding out of han's hands and collapses onto the ground yeah and he's staying with uh the body of course while this happens he also manages to get a shot off and blast Ulrishan in the chest. Yeah, he gets to finally have the quick-draw gunman battle that was very important to them. Fires from the hip, manages to hit Ulrishan in the in the chest and kills him. Yeah, and he's staying with Bollocks, and that's when Kihan comes over, Kihin. Kihin. And Kihin's like, hey, I'm, I'm here to help you. And he's like, why are you here to help me? You don't even know me. And he's like, yeah, because my wife said if I didn't come back with you, I shouldn't bother coming back. And also, if, if I, I didn't, didn't come go, over then- here, Paka would. And that didn't work for me, so, you know, fuck you, here I am, let's go. Also, fuck you. 
yeah, uh, I guess we're dragging this useless dead droid with us because you want to. All right, sure. Uh, he's not. I wanted Han to be like, he's not useless. He's worth a very expensive computer that's still in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they drag Bollocks into the ship. And uh, right as they're about to leave, that's when Hirkin comes out one last time. He's like, look, I told everyone to stay back and it's just me. Just take me with you. Nah, do whatever you Please. want to me. Just really go nuts on my booty hole. I don't care. <laughs> you just strap me to the front of the Falcon. <laughs> just take me uh, with you. Yeah, so he's decided to switch from paranoid to cowardly. And Han is watching this pathetic display as all of a sudden a shot goes off. Hirkin starts reaching behind him for a wound that's at the exact center of his back and falls dead with a smoking hole to the ground yeah his wife has shot him in the back and it's great and she doesn't even want anything she's just a, she's just approaching from behind as han gets on the ship she's just killing her husband because her husband was a mean coward yeah she's like oh we're all gonna die but first i'm gonna kill this guy so i go out being satisfied for yeah, once fuck. in this marriage am i right <laughs> fuck this guy directly and han is looking at her and her gun as he blasts off and basically commissions to her to her doom. Yeah. I mean, they had already separated the tube and, like, shut the iris and closed off the airlock. It's not like they mm -hmm. were going to go back again. So, no, they, they had nothing they could do, even. Yeah. So at this point, all of the espos and whatnot that are left in the tower go crashing down into the planet and explode and die. And no one sees it but Paka, because everyone's too busy trying to stay alive, because they're floating in a space tube that doesn't have any windows, or they're in the Falcon and they're so busy flying that they don't have time to look. But Paka, looking out a window, watches as it happens. Yeah, little Paka just watches as this entire giant metal tower crashes and explodes, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I was a part of that. Hell yeah. I bet I'm going to be really important in the movie someday. <laughs> I'm a very compelling character, so I'm sure George Lucas will want to include me in whatever they're going to call the sequel. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Episode Five: The Story of Paka. That's what it'll be called. <laughs> uh, we cut to the epilogue at this point, where everyone is hanging out on the planet Erder. Yes, uh, Doc managed to get in contact with Jessa, and uh, they take the espo ship and the falcon and everything and go over to the new outlaw tech planet that they have set up and they're like all right mm -hmm. well i guess we'll get all of these people back to where they belong yeah and uh they have a nice conversation where basically doc is i can't believe you did all this for me and blah 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 and han's like did all this for you i expect to get paid hugely and they're like you did get paid hugely we gave you that waiver thing <laughs> And we fixed your ship. The agreement has been reached. But he's like, ah, oh, come on. I wanted more than that. I did a huge amount of crazy, dangerous stuff. And as he's whining about that, they look out behind him, and there's Recon's nephew just looking sad. Yeah. And Jess is like, well, I guess we'll take him on. And Doc's like, what, really? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. You know how we, you know what we say. And they have a little saying they say whenever they have to add another refugee to their outlaw tech camp. Yeah, we'll Water down the soup and scramble the eggs. Uh, but I prefer my eggs scrambled, so it's fine. I prefer my eggs on your, on your plate where you can enjoy them and I don't have to. And I also enjoy them that way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons that we're such good friends is uh is when we go to a Denny's and I get an egg plate, I could just give it to you. Yeah, I don't know why you keep ordering egg plates. It's I do. Like, I a get big that. plate make of eggs, grand please. Slam. <laughs> I'd like to make your own grand slam. I'd like two eggs, two eggs. Let's do two eggs and uh, a side of bacon. Here you go. Here's all my eggs, and I'll have that bacon. <laughs> oh, fuck you if you touch my bacon. We are no longer friends. Now Salmon is my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so... Basically, Doc is and Jesse are going to head off to let Recon's nephew know that he's part of the Outlaw Tech Gang now, if he wants. And Paka, Atuare, and Kihin go with them. Uh, meanwhile, Han is learning that Bollocks isn't necessarily dead. Yeah. Uh, Blue Max, in the milliseconds before Bollocks completely shut down, just downloaded all of his information into himself. Yeah, he effectively caused Bollocks to retract down into its hard shell. Uh, now now Bollocks is just fine, but his voice is coming out of the little tiny high-pitched vocoder of, uh, of Blue Max, which sounds adorable. And, uh, you know, Doc promises that because Bollocks and Blue Max are essentially heroes in this situation, they're going to get Bollocks a brand new sexy body. Hell yeah, one that's custom-made in order to hold both of them, because I guess they just really like each other and want to stay connected. Well, yeah, they're a cool team now. How I can't imagine them wanting to get split up. You'd think Blue Max would be like, wait, do you think I could just also get a body as long as you're giving out <laughs> droid bodies? No. <laughs> We're going to combine the two of you into one major super robot. We'll call it Blue Bollocks. <laughs> uh, how unsatisfying of a conclusion. <laughs> of course, the actual On conclusion to this <laughs> mm-hmm. is not Blue Bollocks. No, no, it's probable sex for Han. Indeed. He gets complaining about like, oh, well, I I did so much. And Jess is like, well, if you want more, we can make a new deal. I'll tell you what. I'll fix up your ship good as new, give you a whole new targeting system and whatnot. And I'll even bang out the dings on your Falcon. And Chewie is like, yes, yes, Hell fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Han's like, well, what do I got to pay for that? And she's like, well... You got to bang out the dings on my Falcon. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's very slow on the uptake here because she's like, well, what do you got? And kind of starts leading him away. And he's like, oh, geez, I don't know. I don't have much to sell. And she's like, I, your penis. Give me your penis. <laughs> you, you dumbass. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess he's just, you know, a little ahead of his time because he's in the age of enthusiastic consent in his own mind. He has to he has to have it spelled out for him. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, OK. <laughs> I got it. Oh, no, wait, I don't want to pay that either. I just want it for free. <laughs> well, I'm not some kind of whore. <laughs> Chewbacca's in the background like, yes, he is. Yes, you will. <laughs> he grabs Han. You will fuck that lady and you will do it right now. You're going to get me my money, Han. Give me my money. <laughs> oh, Chewy Pimp. That's my new favorite version of Chewy. Uh, Actually, Chewy. it's still pretty far behind che- Checked Out Chewbacca, which is my all-time favorite Chewy. Yes. Uh, so that's pretty much where this chapter of this story ends. But there are two more adventures of Han Solo in the corporate sector that all predate the actual story of Star Wars. So there's more of this to come in the future someday. Yes. 
Uh, that's not where we're going, though. Where we're going, we don't need roads. No, because everything's got, like, hover technology and whatnot. Yeah, we're actually going to be moving to the next book. I can't tell you what it is yet, but I can tell you it's not the next story in this saga. Uh, if you want to find out what's going to happen next, you're going to want to tune in to next week's episode where we're going to do a little wrap-up. Yeah, our good time wrap-up like we always do. And if you want to ask any questions or have any insight that you want to share... You can go ahead and send us any questions on our Discord. Uh, you can find the link to that on our Twitter at System Mastery. And just go ahead, head into the Expounded Universe uh, thread, and then use hashtag, I guess, Star's End. Star's End. No, yeah. no, no apostrophe, please. Just Star's End. Yeah, Star Send. Star Send. Hashtag Star Send to send us all your questions about this exciting time. Uh, and as always, when we do those uh, w- those wrap-up episodes, we will announce the next book, so you can follow along if you're interested in doing so. I can tell you it's another short story, a different one, so if you want to buy it, it won't be too expensive, but we will be jumping from book to book a little more uh, over the next couple of episodes. Yeah, we got uh, so, we got some things planned. We got some interesting plans. We're taking things in an exciting but still Star Wars direction. And also, if you are hungry for content, why not go to that Patreon I mentioned earlier in the episode? That's right, patreon.com slash systemmastery. At the $2 or higher level, you'll unlock our bonus content for this show. You'll also unlock all the bonus content for System Mastery. And if you head on up to the $5 level, you get all our monthly stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's one episode, but, uh, you know, stay tuned, because I think we have some new stuff on the burner. Ooh. I know, it's exciting. And that's good. that new stuff's going to be, we're, we're pretty sure we're going to be doing it at the $5 level as well to give a little extra incentive for people to join us at that stage. Uh, otherwise, these, these bonus episodes, the ones that we're pitching right now, we will go to Wikipedia, find fun stories about Star Wars, come back and tell them to each other and to you. And we've been doing it a long time. So if you're about to drop some Gleep Glossary bullshit on me, we were there first. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure that some fat New Yorkers don't think that we're stepping their style. No. It is our style. Yeah, fat Californians. <laughs> the, the right the right kind of fat folk. The right kind. Uh-huh. Uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash systemmastery at the $2 level. The $2 level is like six episodes a month of bonus content. It's a good deal. It's very good. So uh, we'll see you there. Uh, until such time as we see you later next week with yet more exciting Star Wars content, uh, I have, as always, been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. And I love sexy cat dances. Mm-hmm.